Hey there, welcome to Start and Keep Going. I'm Molly Cash. I'm a certified life coach. I'm a mom of five, two of which are having a birthday today. So I've got quite a busy day actually, and this is going to be a short episode. But I wanted to talk about this concept that our feelings are all that we really care about. Okay, just put that on hold for a second. I will get back to it. But I wanted to tell you about a podcast I just listened to. Um, It's called the Sharon Says So podcast. And if you don't know Sharon McMahon, she is um, an amazing human. Go on Instagram, look up Sharon Says So. I don't have time to um, explain her amazingness here, but I listened to her podcast. And in this episode, it's episode 59, if you want to check it out. Um, She was talking to a neuropsychologist named Dr. Mark Solms, who studies consciousness. And it's a fascinating episode. I totally recommend checking it out. But one of the main points that he has discovered or um, made in his research is that the basis of consciousness is emotion. That's what it's all about. It all comes down to how we feel. And if we can feel, then we're conscious. And I mean feel as in emotional feelings, not touch. Um, He talked also about our thinking and how we as humans think in language. Um, Language kind of gives life to a lot of our thoughts. Um, And I, you know, on some level there's, thinking without language because babies who can't talk can think and or you know people who have a limited capacity for language for whatever reason are still thinking of course but our language gives us a a wider range of thought so i love that he said this that emotions are the basis of our consciousness and that that's really the only thing that kind of matters to us because that fits right in with what I learned in my life coach training and what I help clients with all the time. What we want always comes down to an emotion. And that it might not always seem obvious, but if you ask yourself why you want something over and over, you always wind up with an emotion in the end. Either an emotion that you want to experience or an emotion that you want to avoid. As an example, um, several years ago, I was looking for a house and I had lived in the same house for several years and I had a bunch of little kids and I felt like I was not as free as I wanted to be with these little kids. I wanted them to be able to play with Play-Doh and paint and do all the messy, fun things that are great for kids, but that I was so... Uh, worried about the carpet getting stained and oh there's no good place to do art or there's no you know and and in my head my house was the problem (laughs) because there was too much carpet and there was not a good space for this and I just blamed the way that I felt as a mom on my house and I thought oh I gotta move to a different house so that I can be a nicer mom so if I could go back and ask that version of me well why do you want a new house and if my answer were well so then I'll be a nicer mom 
well, why do you want to be a nicer mom? Well, because my kids deserve a nicer mom. Okay. Why do you want them to have what they deserve? Because then that means I'm doing a good job. Well, why do you want to do a good job? So I can feel good. So I can feel worthy. So I can feel valuable. It always comes down to a feeling. But here's where we sometimes get into trouble. We identify something that we want that we think is going to get us the emotion that we really want. We don't always identify the emotion underlying our desires, but we're really good at attaching it to something. When I buy that car, I'm gonna feel successful. When I lose 10 pounds, I'm gonna feel cute. When I throw an awesome party, I'm going to feel capable, right? Sometimes we're aware of the emotion and sometimes we're not. But we often try to do our way to feeling the way we want to feel. And that's great. But we sometimes want to skip over the part where we have thoughts about it. And the problem with that is that our thoughts have a huge influence over how we feel. Our thoughts create our emotions. To go back to my house example, guess what? I did eventually find a new house and I moved and um, I'm still not that nice of a mom. It is true that we do more Play-Doh and painting and such because we have less carpet. That is true. However, I only feel like I'm a nice mom and that my kids are getting what they deserve and that I'm doing a good job and I'm a good person if my thoughts allow that, it's not the house. I could live in any house on this planet and still feel like a terrible mother. So when we try to bypass our thoughts and reach a certain feeling through the things we do, sometimes it works. Sometimes the thoughts sort of automatically follow. Sometimes it backfires. Because guess what was around much longer than my old house? My feelings of inadequacy, <laughs> right? Those don't change quite so easily. As hard as it is to pack up a whole family and move to a new house, it can be even harder to change lifelong patterns of thinking. So we need to be careful to not ignore the thinking part of it, but the feeling is what really matters. And we've got to honor that. A lot of people, when they start to learn this work, they get a little hyper-focused on the thoughts and how, oh, I can create anything in my life with thoughts and I can feel the way I want to. And yes, 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 that's all true and great and wonderful. However, we're humans. We feel stuff. It's not always stuff we like. Some feelings are really unpleasant. And a lot of people learning this work think they can think their way out of feeling these unpleasant feelings. And in a way, you kind of can temporarily. But that's not even the point. If the basis of our consciousness is emotion... Why do we want to skip that part? That makes us, in effect, unconscious, right? That 
makes us more like a machine or a robot who can perform functions, but it doesn't mean anything because we're not feeling. So we can kind of sabotage ourselves when we try to skip over the thinking part. But if we try to skip over the feeling part, we lose the whole point of all of it. What do we do about all this? A couple of things. First of all, when you want something, try to identify the feeling behind that desire. I have been working on, um, and I hesitate to share this publicly, but I have been working on becoming an on-time person. Um, I was born into a late family, <laughs> and I have always been a late person. And I'm capable of getting somewhere on time, but it's not my default. And I'd like to move my default closer to on time. And it's been such an interesting experience working on this because for the first time in my life, I'm addressing what's going on in my head rather than just what time I get up in the morning or how quickly I do my hair, you know? And I'm also addressing the on-timeness of my life in other ways, not just arriving at events on time, but going to bed on time, going to bed when I said I would. Having birthday presents prepared for my children born on the same day on time without being last minute and rushing and all of that. And I'm, I'm telling you, it doesn't feel, it just feels so foreign to me. If I'm not rushing around, I get really uncomfortable because it's just, it's just not normal. Scrambling last minute feels like the natural order of things to me because that's how my life has always been. So I could ask myself, why do I want to be an on-time person? And there are several reasons. One would be because um, I don't like being late. Being late is embarrassing. You miss out on things. You miss the start of the movie or the first part of the concert or whatever. So there we have two emotions there that I'm trying to avoid. One is feeling left out and the other is feeling embarrassed. Okay, so those are two emotions I'm trying to avoid. On the other hand, emotions that I'm seeking by working toward being an on-time person are things like feeling proud of myself or feeling calm, feeling relaxed, feeling um, prepared, competent. Um, there are several there as well. But the really great news here is that I don't have to wait to accomplish the goal in order to feel those things. I can get to work now while I'm still, you know, setting my alarm and doing whatever uh, tasks to get me there. I can also work on believing the things that are going to create those feelings now so that when I do get there in my actions, the feelings come along with it because there are thoughts there to back them up. Without that part of the process, all the action and goal reaching in the world won't mean anything. My brain is pretty good at discounting things that I do, that I accomplish, and I can just picture, oh, I've been on time to, you know, everything in the last two months. And my brain going, yeah, well, you got lucky, or that was pretty easy, or, you know, you haven't had to 
take the whole family anywhere very far or whatever. It can come up with these reasons to stay in the more comfortable, more long-standing belief that I'm just a crappy late person who's embarrassing and not worthy, not competent or whatever. So as I'm working on the physical tasks, I can work on the thought side too. And when I feel competent, when I feel proud, when I feel calm, when I feel relaxed, that will allow me to do those tasks so much better because I'm already at that feeling. I can create that feeling in advance and let that fuel all the action that it takes to reach that goal. And then I'm there physically and I'm there in the emotion, which again is the whole point. I got to run. Happy birthday to my kids and thanks for being here. Have a good one.